What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 35th episode of The Roundabout, celebrating 15 years of the Xbox 360. My name is Ryan Turford, and this is the show where we're counting down the months to the 15-year anniversary of the Xbox 360 with 50 of the best games to play on the console for both new and experienced owners. We dive into the brief history of each game and talk about what makes them awesome. As always, we'd love your feedback on this show over on Twitter at the Xbox Drive, or you can reach out to me directly anytime at Ryan Turford. On this week's episode, we prepare for drop in Halo 3 ODST released on September 22nd, 2009. Originally announced as DLC for Halo 3, ODST evolved from a 2-3 hour experience into a full game. ODST is one of the most unique entries in the series as it's not only the first time that you don't play as Master Chief, but it's also the first time you don't play as a Spartan any time in the game's story, and it's really the only Halo game uh, that does that. This design philosophy stemmed into all aspects of the game's design, giving it a much different feel than the traditional Halo experience, and it really helped grow the universe of Halo outside of the Spartans. And I mentioned this uh, on the Halo 4 episode, is that um, especially after three games as Master Chief, and especially I think the first three uh, Halo games, I never really grew attached to Chief as a character in particular. Um, it wasn't really until Halo 4 that I really uh, started to like uh John as a specific character. I always felt like in the earlier Halo, Halo games, uh, Cortana is kind of the main character. And then uh, Master Chief himself is kind of like um, Gordon Freeman or someone like that, where he's like a character that you really project yourself onto. So I never really felt like the reason I liked Halo was because of Master Chief. I felt like I always liked Halo for all the other stuff uh, that was involved in the Halo universe, from the music to the gunplay to uh, the story itself about like these these Halo rings to the flood, like all that stuff was really cool. And that's what I liked about Halo. And, and it wasn't so much about Chief. So um, it was cool to finally have a story that was outside of that because and I've, I've of course brought this up many times on the show, but it's it's very similar to Star Wars, where if you always have all the stories in Star Wars be about the Skywalkers, it just makes the giant universe of Star Wars just feel so much smaller, basically centered around one family. And that's kind of the way I felt Halo was in a lot of ways. Um, and really the interesting design space in Halo, I think, was really coming from the Halo books at the time. I think that the, that approach um, really kind of expanded the universe in a lot of different ways. And I really wanted to see the games do that. And it was awesome to finally see that with with ODST really take that first step in kind of expanding the Halo universe's story outside of just Master Chief, um, which I think was a great move. And I know a lot of people were really worried going into it because you weren't playing as Master Chief, but honestly, I think that the team at Bungie did an amazing job with ODST. And it was funny enough, it wasn't even really supposed to be a full game. Like I mentioned, it was only supposed to be like a two to three hour DLC pack for Halo 3. Um, but what ended up happening was the the Halo team was working on uh, the Peter Jackson uh, Halo Chronicles game, essentially, that was basically supposed to be like similar to the movie like it was supposed to be part of tied into like the Halo movie that was supposed to come out that never did. Um, and it was all headed by Peter Jackson. So there was like a Peter Jackson Halo game in development. And when that got canceled, most of the developer, most of the people at Bungie who were working on that game actually moved over to ODST. Um, and basically that kicked it up from being just this smaller idea into a much larger experience. And I'm glad that they went that route because the overall pack, the overall game itself is amazing. Now, for those of you who haven't played Halo 3 ODST, it takes place during the events of Halo 2 and essentially sets up the events of Halo 3. It's kind of like a prequel to Halo 3, if that makes any sense. You primarily play as the rookie, a new member of an ODST squad. 
as your crew is sent to drop directly onto the Covenant cruiser that is orbiting New Mombasa in Halo 2, the ship goes into slip space, causing your squad to crash land in the city. And again, uh, everyone remembers that big moment from Halo 2 where you've got the big uh, Covenant ship in New Mombasa that basically goes into slip space to uh, the second Halo ring and basically destroys the city of New Mombasa in the process. Um, so as you're going to drop onto the ship and it goes into split space, your drop pods basically kind of like shoot all over the city of New Mombasa. And you basically have to like explore the ruins of the city. I mean, it's up to the rookie at this point to track down their remaining missing squad members by searching the city and avoiding Covenant forces. It's got like this really like dark tone to it. You get to see what happens to the city of New Mombasa after the ship leaves. Because again, we, we just, all we see is the city kind of have this big explosion, but you wonder what else is happening there in the city as like civilians are still being evacuated from, from the city and the Covenant's still attacking. There's still like lots of troopers on the ground. Um, and you get to see a lot of that aftermath in ODST, which I thought was a super interesting approach uh, to, to storytelling. ODST's story is much different than anything we've seen in the series before it, as it doesn't employ the same traditional mission structure as previous games, because the previous Halo games were very linear, like you do one mission after another and until the end of the game. After crashing, you explore the ruined streets of New Mombasa as you uncover the gear of your squad mates, and that allows you to play a mission as that squad mate. I mean, basically, it's almost like a flashback to six hours earlier in these periods, because uh, basically the rookie is knocked unconscious when he lands, um, and it's basically nighttime by the time you wake up, versus uh, the other characters that woke up earlier, and they're basically fighting through the streets. And you get to relive it, revisit each one of their stories, and basically play as that character, which, again, very different from other Halo games. The new Mombasa streets are a small open world, allowing you to veer off the path and explore as much as you want. There aren't really quests or other tasks in that open world, but there are a lot of secrets to find, and it gave you the first glimpses of what a Halo open world game would look like if there was a Halo open world game, which of course is very topical because we're now talking about Halo Infinite, and it, that's going to be the first full open world Halo game, and that idea or at least some of the ideas we saw on display that go all the way back to ODST, which is the only game in the series that is done in this nature. In fact, I would describe the world of New Mombasa in, in ODST to be very similar to the, the smaller open worlds you saw in stuff like Rise of the Tomb Raider. It also allowed you to play through the missions in any order, giving players a different experience depending on which order you decided to go in. And again, it doesn't really affect the story so much as uh, you just play through the missions in a different order. So you kind of like pick which path you want to explore everything in. I mean, it also will mark a marker on your map of what it is what it recommends the order you go in, but you don't have to follow that at all. You can just go experience like explore off the map and find, oh, there's this sniper rifle here. Uh, this is like Romeo's sniper rifle. So now I'll get to play his story uh, versus finding uh, Buck's helmet as an example. So all that stuff was really interesting and unique to just this game and this game only. Overall, I really like the story in ODST. It's dark and moody to start with, but it brings in the epic nature of the Halo stories that you're used to towards the end. It also expands the lore of Halo in the same great way that the Halo novels did, and proved that you can really have a great Halo story outside of Master Chief and the Spartans, and we did get another great Halo story in Halo Reach later on, which we'll probably talk about again on the roundabout at a later date. Um, so we did get two games in a row without Master Chief, and uh, this proved that you they could definitely do that and really paved the way for Reach, which was in development at the same time as ODST. Plus, it brought Buck into the world of Halo, and if that's not a reason enough to like it, 
I don't know what it is. And I mean, if you don't like Buck, you're a monster. I'm just going to throw it out there. Because Buck's great. While the story took a much different approach, the same excellent gunplay you have come to expect with the Halo series is here in ODST. While you didn't get too many new weapons in ODST, the addition of silenced weapons as well as the reworked version of the pistol helped make it feel different enough from Halo 3's gunplay. However, what's different with combat in ODST is that because you're not a Spartan, you naturally feel much more vulnerable in combat. It's not necessarily Halo on hard mode per se, but it's a game that is balanced in a near-perfect way around this idea, but it really makes you think about each combat sequence as opposed to running in guns blazing like you did in previous Halo titles. I mean, especially like in Halo 1 and 2, you really felt like a one-person army that nothing could really hurt you. I mean, yes, you'd still die in Halo, but for the most part, even in overwhelming odds, you never really felt vulnerable in the same way that you feel in this game, where you're just you're just a, a soldier like on, on the ground. You're not really... Uh, this giant, like, seven-foot-nine, like, hulking monstrosity like Master Chief. I mean, you don't even have shields in this game. You have stamina, which takes the place of shields, where basically you can take a couple hits before you start losing health, but essentially when you start losing health, you then have to refill that with medpacks. You don't have regenerating health like in like in Halo 3, so you have to kind of look around the environment for health packs. And likewise, you can only really take a couple hits before that happens, leading to you dying very quickly. If you jump into a group of like 10 enemies, they're going to kill you. And that's kind of uh, the, the, the it kind of makes the ODST experience much more cerebral and um, strategic than the traditional Halo games. And I really like that different feel about it. Again, it just again, it it's from that do- design philosophy of you're not playing a Spartan. So that, that trickles all the way down to the gameplay itself. Like it really feels like a different game, even though the gunplay feels the same as other Halo games. It felt different to play, if if that makes any sense. Not only that, but the, the silence weapons totally make sense in the world of ODST in particular, because obviously you don't want to get into huge firefights if you don't want to. So uh, using the silence weapons to take out some of your enemies from afar or uh, basically take some of them out before alert, alerting like the whole group really helped to your advantage. And you really needed to take advantage of that um, in order to get through the game uh, well. In addition, while ODST bundled the Halo 3 multiplayer suite on a separate disc, it also added a new multiplayer mode called Firefight. Similar to Gears of Wars' Horde mode, Firefight allows you and three friends to fend off waves and waves of enemies on different maps. Each map allowed you to have a bunch of different scoring challenges available that allowed you to compete with your friends, giving you more to think about than just surviving each wave. Also, you could use skulls to either hinder or help your foes in a bunch of different ways, giving you lots of customizability and significantly adding to the replayability of Firefight. And I actually really love Firefight. It's probably my favorite Halo multiplayer mode uh, overall. Like, I love what they did with with Firefight, especially like um, when you compare it to Horde mode and Gears, you don't have vehicles in, in Horde mode, whereas you have them in Firefight, and that just adds like an extra level of complexity and to, and to the combat itself. But it, plus, again, I love the skull modifiers in Firefight. I think all that's super cool. And they did Firefight in, in Halo Reach as well, which I think was also really good, and they added a lot of new and interesting ideas to it as well. But man, the fire, Firefight in ODST was so awesome. I remember playing it so much with my friends, and uh, I have so many great memories of playing uh, ODST multiplayer. And yes, it, it, other than that, the multiplayer it came with was just the Halo 3 multiplayer, and you just played with other people who owned Halo 3, as if you didn't already own Halo 3 already. But at the same time, it was uh, it was cool that they at least had a new mode unique to ODST, and it really felt like ODST when you played it. Again, it had it took like that same design, uh, that same combat design from the campaign, 
and ported it over to a really interesting multiplayer experience. So how well does ODST hold up today? Well, the game still looks and runs great on 360, and I'd say really the only thing that's really showing is age at this point are the character models. Um, I mean, they don't look great, but I, I mean, also the character models like in the older Halo games, I never really felt like they were top notch anyways. It wasn't really until games like uh, Halo Reach where I think they they kind of started to hit a great point with the character models and then Halo 4 onwards, I think uh, all those games really evolved character models. But back back then, especially even I remember playing Halo 3 for the first time and remembering the character models didn't really look amazing either when you compared them to games like Bioshock, which were out in the same year. Um, so it was really interesting um, to look back at those games now and, and still kind of have the same criticism. Otherwise, though, visually, ODST still stands the test of time in the same way that Halo 3 does. And while it's not a newer looking game, per se, it's still a great game to revisit today, even on 360. ODST is one of my personal favorite Halo games of all time, and it's a must play for anyone who loves the Halo series. If you're looking to pick up ODST today, it's available digitally on Xbox 360, and it is not backwards compatible on Xbox One. In fact, none of the Halo games are backwards compatible at all because it's also available as part of the Master Chief Collection on Xbox One. And like I mentioned in the Halo 4 episode, honestly, I believe the best way to play any of the Halo games at this point is the Master Chief Collection. Now that they've done all the updates to fix a bunch of different bugs and whatnot, I think that that's probably the best and basically the definitive way to play any of the older Halo games. That's all for this episode of The Roundabout. You can hit me up on Twitter anytime at Ryan Turford. You also find the pants man himself, Sean Capri, on Twitter at Sean Capri, or us on Twitter at The Xbox Drive. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Roundabout, and we out. Bye, Halo, bye.